Hello everybody, welcome back to Best Books Ever. I'm Tyler, and today we are finishing The Lightning Thief, uh, Rick Riordan, chapters 11, not 11, 12 through 22. Uh, the end of it. The end of it. Very good first part. I think I mentioned it last week, but I was very, um, I don't know, kind of like wary about coming back to this series because, you know, I haven't read it in a while and also, um, you know, coming off of Mistborn, which is the other series um, that I did before this, you know, go check that out if you haven't. It's also just not only just my episodes, but also the series in general. Very good. Um, I was like, ah, I was going to compare to that or whatever. But last week covering the first half of the book, I was like, wow, I actually remember liking this and now reading it again. It's like, oh, this is good. This is some good stuff. Obviously, very different writing styles. Um, definitely catered more towards a younger audience than Mistborn is. Um, I mean, you can tell with just like one of the things that stands out with this book is definitely the pacing. Where it's like things happen very quickly in this book. You don't have a lot of time to really sit with anything, really. And probably has to do with the younger audience, right? Because uh, maybe shorter attention spans, but... Um, they get through a lot, and even though things are very quick, you know, talk about, like, the, like, crusty thing, right, when they were in the mattress store, like, that whole sequence, very, very quick, they did not spend a lot of time on that at all, but it was, it was important, um, to just kind of introduce new mythical being, or I guess not mythical, but, you know, in the world, uh, like mythical thing, um, just like more danger, more, you know, world building sort of stuff. Um, and also to like spark conversation between the group. So it, it, was, it was necessary, but you know, I like how it wasn't, you know, we didn't spend like forever on it or, you know, um, but this, the, this is the end, end of the book. A few things we got to talk about, right? So obviously we start off with the end as we always do. And, uh, Let's see. Um, the very, very end is a little bittersweet, I think. Um, if we just focus on our main trio here, we have Grover. Awesome stuff, right? He finally got a searcher's license after his his second try, right? Because the first thing with, with Thalia, Luke, Annabeth didn't go very well. So we finally got a searcher's license, able to look for Pam now, or Pan, not Pam, the cooking spray. Um, love that, right? Grover, I think I said it last time too, where Grover, I think very easily could be pitted into just like the, the like comic relief role in the trio, you know, where Percy is like protagonist, um, you know, very, uh, you know, definitely more of a fighter, definitely more of like, ah, uh, we're going to get through this. And you got Annabeth, who's kind of more like reason, you know, she's the more intelligent, more logical, more, more like calculating. And so that kind of leaves Grover in, in this weird, like, again, like comedic relief spot. Uh, he's, he's, he's the friend, you know, who will once or twice in the story kind of pull it out for you. But he has more than that. You know, he has his own dreams and, and uh, you know, path in life he wants to follow. So for him to finally get his searcher's license, look for Pan, um, it's huge for him, but it's, 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 unfortunate because now he's gone 
you know, you would think, oh, we're gonna we're gonna get this trio for the rest of the series, right? There's five books, um, I guess six books technically, and there's more coming or whatever. So you think, oh, you know, Grover, this is you know, Grover Annabeth Percy, but the book ends with him leaving, and you know, even Annabeth is like, oh, we'll see him again, and Percy in his mind is like, I want to believe that, but no satyr has ever looked for Pan and made it back. They've always disappeared whether that be dying or that be um losing their way you know getting lost whatever um so it's it's unfortunate because now we're like i don't know will we ever see grover again you know will we actually see him again will he become part of the the group again um like i said there is more books so we're assuming more quests and stuff but you know maybe they switch it up maybe percy and annabeth are kind of the core and they have new people around them maybe just percy is you know being the protagonist maybe annabeth isn't even really there i mean the way this ends going right into that uh we got annabeth hitting us out of nowhere with the fact that she is leaving for the summer or for the for the year um she's not just staying there uh she is (laughs) getting it all twisted because it's it's normally opposite of what you think a summer camp would be right um annabeth is going back to her family, which would have never happened if it wasn't for Percy, right? Um, you know, you know, Percy was the one that was like, well, you know, maybe give him a chance, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he does really love you and, um, you know, just, just giving up like that. And, and, you know, so him coming into that, feeling like he's had such a hard life, which he has, he has, he, you know, he definitely has, but him being like, dang, like, aside from my godparent, um, I do have, like, my other parent also does actively care for me, right, with, with his mom, Sally, and so to look at that and be like, uh, her mortal parent, she's not really able to have a a relationship with him, um, very unfortunate, but now, you know, now we're back, and give it another shot, I think, I think we all hope it goes very well for her, because, you know, you know, deep down, she really does want to have that relationship, I mean, who wouldn't, right, who wouldn't want to have a healthy relationship like that, but, um, it's tough, because it's not even really him, like, there is still fault on his side, obviously, like, that is his daughter, like, he shouldn't allow his new wife or whatever to dictate if he's allowed to see his daughter and, like, enjoy her company and, you know, love her, basically, um, but, I think there's a little bit of leeway because it's like he's not the one who's necessarily trying to push you away, at least not anymore, right? He has apologized recently. He has, you know, stuck out that olive branch, right? Um, so we'll see, you know, you know, hopefully we get back. And Annabeth is like, it's great. Great relationship with my dad. Stepmom is softened, or at the very least, my dad hasn't been able to kind of dampen her worry and, and, and you know, just like, even just on the outside, where it's like on the inside, she still hates my guts, but on the outside, she holds her tongue. Um, that'd be great, though, because Annabeth, again, main name, main character is Percy, but you look at Annabeth, and you're like, Annabeth's life has been harder. <laughs> She's, she had to run away at seven. She's been living at a camp where, you know, these people, the fellow campers are her friends and family at this point, but like, at least Percy was able to see his mom right, see his mom for the remaining six years between seven and 13, um, 
So yeah. And then aside from that, right, we have, so we have Grover leaving, searching for Pan. We got Annabeth going home. Percy also decides to go home. Um, wasn't, uh, I didn't remember that. I was, I was trying to remember, like, where did, where, where did this line, you know, was it, you know, him staying to train and him going to be lonely like that? Because I remember there was, um, you know, again, bittersweet ending to this. I don't remember exactly how it was, but it is him actually going back home. Um, because there's, you know, there's the obvious kind of wrestling happening in his mind. I was like, okay, staying here, the, you know, you know, we got the pros and cons, right? So like if he stays at Camp Half-Blood, he can train more. Obviously there's something big coming. We got Kronos, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, you know, we got that whole thing. Obviously Chiron kind of subtly wants him to stay. Um, and then also staying at camp, you know, I think the big thing that probably almost kept him here was if I go there, if I go to, you know, if I stay in New York, go to, uh, you know, go to the, the private school, the mom, all that stuff. Am I putting my mom in danger? You know, because now, um, you know, now, now, now the stepfather's not there anymore. Uh, to give off that like aura or whatever to to cloud him, which honestly, now that I think about it, probably wouldn't work that much anymore. Now that now that he's kind of hit the radar <laughs> of everyone, the gods, the monsters, all that stuff. But um, still, you know, like him him maybe putting her in danger. Um, but I think at the end of the day, he decided to stay because he's like, or, or he you know, he decided to go home because it's like, I have to. You know, I, I, I can't just sit here and hide. Um, I have to go out there. And, and even, you know, he remembers something Annabeth said where, where she's like, I've been here for years, but outside is where the real monsters are. That's how you know if you're good or not. Because everything is in a con very controlled environment at camp. So there's probably a little bit of that hit him too, where he's like, hey, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't want to fight any monsters. I don't want to put my mom in danger, but... If I can survive out there, maybe I'll, you know, there'll be a little bit of boost of confidence for him. Like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I got this. Maybe not to, like, fight Kronos if it ever gets to that point or, you know, fight Ares again, right? Um, but, you know, a little, you know, little bit of, like, survivalist type type uh, mindset going into it. So um, that's kind of how we're going to, you know, smoothly transition into the next book, Sea of Monsters. Um I'll probably wait to talk about that, though. Any, any sort of predictions and stuff going into the next book. So, um, some other notable things. Like I said, this book goes through a lot of different stuff very quickly, right? It doesn't really sit with a lot of stuff. We don't really sit in one spot for very long. Um, you know, we got the whole, like, um, the whole Medusa thing happened, the whole uh, water park thing, the, the, the casino. Like, we hit a lot of different places in this book. We don't stay in one for particularly long. Um, but there are a couple things out of those that I think are worth mentioning, like Ares's fight with Percy. You know, like I said, we have that earlier at the diner, moves to the casino. Um, we got the, we got the water park. Those all have to do with Ares. But I think the fight is the real, is the very important thing. Um, crazy that, that, that Percy won. <laughs> that, that's obviously, you know, that's, that's, that's the big thing. Um. End of the day, I think if, if Ares was going full-blown, 
Percy wouldn't have lasted five seconds. But just the fact that he was able to survive, was able to land a blow on Ares. We got like like the gold blood or whatever pouring out. Um, that's huge. I, you know, I think that proves just how skilled and just how innately talented and important of a of a half blood that he is. Again, him being a a child of one of the big three definitely shows that off right here. Um, so yeah, that that itself, the fight was cool. Um, probably our biggest instance our most like active instance of the mist and that's something that we have to keep reminding ourselves of is that the mist uh you know very much clouds mortals vision so that they can't really see what's really going on there they thought they were both holding guns um you know it also at the end of the day helped them right because the the, the mist is also a very nice way to say hey humans kind of dumb humans love looking for uh reasons that they they love to rationalize why something that shouldn't be possible is happening in front of their eyes because everything needs to be understood, you know. Um, your brain won't let you look at something and not understand it. It has to come up with a reason, even if the reason is almost as ridiculous as what the actual thing is, right? Um, so that was really cool. And then, um, I mean, I mean, there's a big outcome, right? Like him, him getting the learning the truth about the bull, him getting the helm, all that stuff is important. But um, one thing I think is, uh, is something that we should all remember going forward, because it was very ominous, was Ares was saying that he is now his enemy, right? You've, you've now made an enemy uh, of a god. <laughs> and he says something like, every time you, you lift up a sword, uh, I forget exactly what he says, but it was, it was something like that where it's like, anytime you're in battle, you better watch your back sort of thing. Cause he, he's the God of war. So you figure anytime from this point on that, that Percy wants to fight, it's going to be a little bit of resistance, you know, not saying the sword will magically float in the air and then drive itself into Percy's chest, but might not have as much of an edge as he normally would if Arius was not his enemy. Not very good. Uh, seeming he's probably gonna have to go on more quests. <laughs> like I said, there's four more books. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's probably not gonna be four books of him just chilling at, at at camp, and everything is fine. Everything just kind of takes care of itself. Probably not gonna happen. That's something I wanted to mention. Um, and then uh, I guess Kronos. Yeah, Kronos kind of leads to everything else. Um, Kronos is in Tartarus. That's something that we found out. You know, they went to Hades. Hades being this this god, very scary, right? Underworld, all that stuff. And then they introduced Kronos, uh, the father of Zeus. And it father of all the gods, is that how that works? Right? Oh, yeah, because Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades are brothers, right? They're all brothers. Well, I guess they're all related, right? That's how the gods work. Um that is one thing that I really like about this is that I think Hades is a very easy character to make the villain, and that is kind of what they did, and and and, and that is why there was the whole like bait, the you know the big bait and switch with Hades and the bolt and the helm and all that stuff because you know he's the god of the underworld. I think that's a very easy thing for a a writer to just be like, oh well, Hades is a bad guy because he's in the underworld. He's separate from all the gods, you know, underworld, <laughs> you know, being 
what it is. Um, but for them to do this and say, oh no, Hades wasn't trying to instigate a war. And in fact, he himself had something stolen from him. And that's the only reason why he was putting his hat in the ring. Because he couldn't put his helm in the ring because it was stolen. Um, and then at the end for deciding to be like oh yeah your your mom is back yeah hades you know hades returned her as soon as you you returned the helm it's like oh he's not just like an evil dude you know he's just like any of the other gods you know again he was put there as god of the underworld he didn't choose that he wasn't like you know like wringing his hands waiting for the opportunity to be the you know like so them kind of having that be like, oh no, Kronos though, Kronos is the one you want to work, the one you want to watch out for. Um, that was big. We don't know too much about him, other than the little bit of, you know, familial ties that they've kind of told us. Um, you know, sliced him up into pieces, all that stuff. But um, you know, all, all we know is that he, you know, Poseidon said, he, you know, he he stirs every so often. It's not a big thing. Him leaving Tartarus. Not even a thought we would have, not even a possibility, you know, that is, that is unheard of. And then I love Percy, you know, the Percy being like, yep, yeah, but he said that's what he wants to do. And then Poseidon just stays silent. <laughs> it's like, oof. Um, but yeah, just again, the introduction of Kronos is like, oh, that's the bad guy, right? Like in, in this book, we had Hades being seemingly the bad guy, then we had Ares kind of there, and then, you know, but them kind of establishing by the end of this book, Kronos is the one. Kronos is the one that's pulling the strings. He's the one that seemingly we're going to have to watch out for. Um, and we know nothing about him. You know, we don't know the real extent of his power. Um, we don't know what he plans to do. If it is just like destroy the world, <laughs> you know. So, but someone who, who gave us a little bit of hints here and there was Luke. We have Percy remembering the prophecy that the Oracle gave him, right? And the one thing, the one real thing that hits him is the friend betrayal, right? Because like Grover didn't betray him. Annabeth didn't betray him. He was trying to rationalize Ares to be like, oh, Ares sort of pretended to be my friend. But even that, you read that and you're like, did he? You know, I feel like from the beginning it was very transactional. Um, Luke is the one, right? And it's very clear as day, especially when you reread it, very clear as day where he's, you know, he finds Luke and Luke has a sword that's both steel and celestial bronze. And it's like, that doesn't seem right. Why would you need a sword made of steel? Like half-bloods, you know, Chiron said earlier, half-bloods should never harm other mortals unless it's absolutely necessary, you know, absolutely necessary. So for him to have a specially made half and half sword that's a red flag. <laughs> and there were smaller ones too, like him having a six pack of Coke is like, where'd you get that, bud? <laughs> where'd you get that? That doesn't, that doesn't, huh? <laughs> you know, so, um, and then him also wanting to go in the woods and train. It's like, that's a weird time to do that, don't you think? Um, but, you know, I love the reveal because Luke is a character that from the beginning, he is, um, you, you, he's, he's presented to us as, as very trustworthy. Um, he's kind of one of the elders of all of them. You know, he's, he's been there kind of the longest, longer than anyone. Um, you know, he came in with Annabeth, but I mean, he's also older than Annabeth. So even, even if they came at the same time, 
he's still like, I think he's like a few years older, maybe something like that. Um, you know, so he is kind of, you know, kind of seen as one of the elder campers, right? He kind of has that energy, right? He helped Percy earlier on with the, the getting him all the, all, all the toiletries when he first entered cabin, was it 11, I think? Cabin 11. Um, you know, he was helping him train with the sword, all that stuff. Um, he gave him the, the shoes. Um, you know, we know, we, you know, we know that Annabeth likes him. So there's, there's that connection there. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff pointing away from him being the one to betray, but then for that to be him, I think that is a betrayal to, you know, to the reader as well, you know, cause other stories you may read, it's like, oh, clearly it's that guy. Like how, like how, how does the main character not see this? <laughs> but you can't always think that way because, you know, us being the reader, we are omniscient or omniscient. Yeah. Omniscient, right? Um, we could see a lot of stuff, especially if the book is written in like a third person perspective or if it changes perspectives, right? This one doesn't though. This one's always Percy. Um, so yeah, for, so for, for it to be Luke and not only for it to be Luke, for it to like really be Luke, you know, like he, he, he summons a, a, a death scorpion. <laughs> um, like I said, him now wielding that half and half sword is just scarier. Cause it's like, Oh, has he, has he killed people? <laughs> Like, not monsters, has he killed people? Um, him, like, you know, speaking of, of, of Thalia, him talking about how, uh, you know, his whole quest, him, like, hating that because, you know, he just went on a, a, a Hercules copycat quest. Um, the way he was talking about security at Mount Olympus, uh, the way, you know, and then how he, how he exits with him, from what I read, he like sliced open a darkness portal <laughs> and disappeared. It's like, how, what power does he have? Like, was that a magic item or was that Kronos kind of eking him a, a small fraction of his power? A lot of questions there. Um, you know, but then also him talking about kind of what he feels needs to be done. It feels like the gods, their Western civilization is, is, is a disease, needs to be wiped out started by someone new very strange to me though to side with chronos it's like chronos came before the gods <laughs> like he failed once so it's, you know because normally when you talk about a a change in the guard right you normally think of a, a younger generation overthrowing the older generation which happened multiple times like it was passed down so for you to now throw out the kids and replace them with with the father is strange you know normally happens the other way but older guard taking back <laughs> their claim from it, it's strange i don't know uh, but yeah again huge huge reveal right that's why it happened at the end huge reveal for it to be luke and now we have luke scampering around right most likely not in the camp anymore um probably seeing chronos probably running off doing little missions for him um, and, and you know, it hurt Annabeth because as soon as that happened, not the first thing, but one of the first things I thought of was how's Annabeth going to really react? Because we know that Annabeth had something for him. And also like they came in together, you know, they, they shared that experience. So, um, and they've also been around each other for seven years at this point being at camp. So, um, you, you know that her Annabeth 
honestly probably played a little bit of a decision into her going back home to be like, I just need to not be here, I think, for a little bit and kind of sort out my my thoughts. Um, that's tough, though. That's that's so unfortunate. <laughs> um, and I guess just to mention the, um, the scorpion as well, because the scorpion bit him, he went into the water and it didn't heal him. Um, interesting that I don't know if that was meant to be an important moment for us to remember that for us to like make something out of that, or if I'm just overthinking it, but, um, and not healing, I, I, you know, I wonder why I wonder if, if it was literally just too strong and it's like, Hey, I can't, you know, besides like, Hey, the, the little water healing stuff doesn't, doesn't work like that. Um, or if there was some rule, like there was like a special scorpion or something like, oh, it's, it's of Kronos. So I'm literally not strong enough to do it or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that though. Maybe, maybe something to think about, or maybe it's nothing. Um, and then I guess the last thing before we move on to like predictions and transitioning to the next book, um, is Sally, Percy's mom. Uh, we have that moment where he goes back, reunited with his mom, happy moment, um, very emotional moment. A few things happen, right? We learn that Gabe has been hitting the mom um, at least once, probably more than once, though, probably been, you know, you know, Percy thinks that it probably just happens when he's not around that immediately, because up until this point, he, he's obviously a character that we're supposed to hate, right? Out of all the characters in the book, really the only character we hate. Like, even even Ares, we're like, eh, he's he's a god of war. Like, I don't know. He, he's just misguided. Like, he's being puppeted just like it. Like, even Luke, it's like, I don't know that I hate Luke. Like, I want him to lose. I don't know that I want him to die. Like, I don't know. I'm like, ah, Luke shouldn't exist, you know? Um, he's also being manipulated the stepfather though nah nah like like i went to that point where like very much want sally to leave him um but we get up until that point because it, it's explained to us that well she puts up with it because she knows about like the aura thing it like masks you know it's really the only thing strong enough to mask um your own aura of you know be, you, you being the son of poseidon but after that, though, man, domestic violence, nah, nah. At that point, I'm like, die. You know, immediately, jail is too easy for you. <laughs> jail is too soft. I want him to to not exist anymore. Um, and then for them to pull out the Medusa head and Percy be like, him not immediately go for it. You know, because he's thinking, he's like, ah, is this just like, what's the right decision here you know um and then for him to like push the mom like i love how percy talks to his mom in this in this scene because you know she even says something about how like oh you sound just like your father you, you know whatever but like percy being like he hits you right like you deserve so much more than this him talking about the dad and being like uh you know father said that you are a what What do you say you are a queen amongst humans he hasn't met someone like you in a thousand years and the mom being like percy you know you know, like, you know kind of being like embarrassed about it and like 
pressure's going off about like a new life, a new place to live. You don't deserve this. You can end the, you know. And then Sally um, responds to that being like, I get it. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you must understand this as well, I'm sure, um, is that I need to live my own life. I can't have a God. I can't have my son, uh, you know, fix my problems for me. And I just felt that was a, that was a very good moment and a very good, um, good showing of her character. I think it makes her a lot stronger in that moment because the easy choice would be, all right, give me the head, <laughs> let me let me turn him to stone. But for her to be like, no, I'm going to do this myself. I'm not going to have you fix it for. Me. I'm not going to have you go out there and plop the head on the on the table. Turn him like I'm. I'm not going to have you like I'm. I'm going to do it myself. Um, I'm going to deal with this the way I feel like I should deal with it. Um, now, while all that is true and the, the succeeding events do not take anything away from it, her writing back like a week later saying, hey, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> he's missing. I don't know what happened to him. And like her not really writing what happened, maybe just because they're afraid maybe they'd be able to trace it or something you know i know that uh but you don't know like uh, just just later on like police stuff like you know tracing mail or whatever they don't want to say anything specific and it maybe that's her thoughts but us finding out later that she did in fact turn him to stone and uh sold it not only turned to stone but sold it and made so much money off it that she was able to get a new apartment and put down her first uh her first like semester's tuition or whatever for NYU is incredible. Um, I think this is really nice. I think um, not an original thought, but I do remember there being some some conversation or whatever around uh, you know back when I think but you know back when these books first came out and they first became super popular. Um, one of the shining whatever I don't know what I'm saying anymore. One of the things that people like to point out is that uh, him not being a character that gets redeemed is very refreshing because lots of other stories would have redeemed his character, would have had him feel some remorse. It would have been some moment or something. I don't know, you know, you know, probably some sort of like monster attack or whatever. And, you know, maybe in the presence of a God or something, there would have been some sort of weird, like spiritual moment where he would have realized that he's been a terrible person he's been a terrible husband he's been well, i don't know if they're married I'm pretty sure they're not married um he's been a terrible partner a terrible stepfather and he would have like apologized and begged on his knees for forgiveness or whatever and they would have tried to like mend it and make it better and maybe they you know maybe it would have it probably would have ended with like them separating but them still trying to have contact and him still try whatever right they didn't do that, though. They're like, no, he's an awful person through and through. He does not get a redemption. And then that's great. Um, and yeah, it's awesome. And also, like, great for her, for her able to finally start living a life that she wants to live. Um, you know, again, it makes that decision so much harder, I think, for Percy because... He wants to be with her, especially with 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 him out of the picture. You know, she, he, you know, he can finally like, they can finally spend quality time together, and not have to worry about anything. Um, or I guess on a, 
human level and not have to worry about anything. I guess now that there's monsters and gods and stuff have truly entered the mix, they have to worry about that. But, um, you know, uh, you know, before he made his decision, there's, there's again, that, that like wrestling that happens where it's like, we both know that if I go back and live with her for the year, it's going to put us in, in danger. It just is. It's going to put us at least in the risk of danger. But we both just so much so wish that wasn't true. And and that feeling is, as we see here, it is it is just strong enough for him to be like, I'll take my chances, you know. Um, so that's great. We'll see, you know. Again, now moving to transition to the second book. What are our thoughts here? Um, I'm sure, like I said, it, there's no pretending here. Like, I've read the books, but without spoilers, we know there's four more books um, in the original series. I know there's been a sixth book that's released um, recently that's kind of added on, and I think there's more planning, whatever, but, like, the original series was the first five books. We know there's four more. We know there's stuff that's going to happen, right? Um, I would imagine, based off of this, um, I mean, it'd be cool if we kind of pick up I, reading this and, you know, without knowledge, just kind of going off of what is in the book, I would say it'd be weird for us to like time jump to the summer and be like, okay, summertime, we're all back. Percy and Annabeth are going to start training again. You know, Grover, maybe, I mean, I can't imagine he finds Pan in a year. (laughs) That would be unreasonable. But, you know, something like, I would think that they're probably going to pick up sometime in the middle of the year um you know you know before the summer maybe like percy you know having a great time with the mom or whatever maybe i'm talking about like how they have had a couple run-ins with monsters but it hasn't been anything crazy it hasn't been like the minotaur or anything um you know you know just just like small stuff um and then i'm sure something interrupts it right like we do have that first real big monster moment and it does for some reason drive him back and he has to quit school again, which sucks because it's now it's another another year, um, you know, another school that he's not able to finish the year in, and um, you know they're all very appreciative, or you know Percy and Sally are very appreciative of the time they were able to spend together. But it drives him back to Camp Half Blood, and there's some other quest they have to go on. Right? It's called the Sea of Monsters. <laughs> That's the next book. You know what I mean? Like there's got to be a sea and monsters somewhere. Um, so I'm sure that's probably something that happens, right? Like they kind of pick up in the middle of that and for some reason has to go on a quest. Um, like I said, I, I love the trio. I love a good friend group in a story. Um, I don't know how they would get the friend group back though. Like Annabeth did mention Iris messages. So maybe maybe he contacts her and is like, hey, another quest. <laughs> you know, but then if, if Annabeth's having a good time, I don't know that she'd want to come, but then maybe she, you know, she knows, I mean, especially if it has anything to do with Luke, that, you know, they did make that promise of like, when we get back in the summer, first things first is we are getting a quest to go after Luke. And if we don't, we'll sneak out anyway. Um, So I guess maybe if it does have something to do with Luke, she would agree and she would maybe not want to leave, but she'd be like, hey, we got to go. Grover, though, is the tough one. If we're going to get our our, our trio back together for anything. Because, I mean, if he's, if he's going to Pan, I mean, I'm sure he, I mean, maybe he keeps in contact with, with Chiron, but, you know, like, I mean, I could only totally see this book just not having Grover in it. 
you know, or like the majority of the book not having Grover and be like, yeah, Grover's off doing his own thing. You know, we can't pull him away from that. That's not fair. That is his life's mission. Um, so we got someone else, you know, obviously before the betrayal, we would have thought maybe Luke, um, there's not really another named characters under like, like Clarice, but I can't imagine they would want to work with her, <laughs> you know, I don't know how that would go. Um, maybe a new character gets introduced, um, you know, maybe a new camper that kind of rises and it's like, ah, let's go, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, something like that. But yeah, I imagine that's probably what's, what would happen is that they're living their life. They're living it to the best that they can as half bloods. And then something happens, new quest and, uh, the sea of monsters. I don't see a monsters. I mean, sea of mon- if that if it literally is a place, sea of monsters, I imagine that's probably where they're going. Um, based on the accuracy of this book's title, The Lightning Thief, where it's literally someone stole the lightning bolt, (laughs) you know, um, but yeah, that's probably it there, um, and we'll see how, like, all the gods are incorporated into this one, and if it has to do with Kronos at all, um, because they're kind of building that up a little bit, uh, but yeah, that is this book, uh, good time good time like i said i enjoyed this book a lot more than i thought it was going to because like i said i was a little wary that it was going to hold up but i think it does we'll see what the other books have in store um next time like i said we're doing book two of this the sea of monsters um we're going to cover chapters one through ten again again the first half and uh yeah that's pretty much it until next time read that we'll be able to cover that and uh, let me know, you know, let me know what you thought of the first book, any sort of predictions going into the next one. And uh, we can see what happens with Percy this time. Hopefully, uh, Sally is safe in this book. 